right, what's up, Michigan? My name is Lauren Plant. Welcome to another edition of State Champs Hang Time Michigan Podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University. LTU offers over two dozen varsity NAIA collegiate sports at Lawrence Tech, including men's basketball. Recruit yourself by going to ltuathletics.com, clicking on the Recruit Yourself link. Academic and athletic scholarships are on the table at Lawrence Tech. Hangtime Michigan is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSA needs officials. Great part-time pay. Stay connected to the game. Visit mhsa.com for details. The Michigan Army National Guard is the official military supporter of the MHSAA and a supporter of Hangtime, as are the great physical therapy and sports medicine professionals with the Detroit Medical Center. Check out our Game Changer segments on the network. Great tips on making you a better, faster, stronger, healthier athlete. These are quick segments and quizzes chock full of really great information. The entire playlist is on our State Champs Network social media pages and our State Champs YouTube channel. And if you are in pain or injured for immediate care, go to dmc.org slash game changers. You cannot get better care anywhere. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the companion podcast to our State Champs Michigan Hangtime digital show, uh, but you also have a video version of this as well. TJ Kelly is here with me joining us for this week's Chalk Talk, sponsored by the Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan, is the head coach of the now back-to-back PSL champions. That's got a nice ring to it. Detroit Martin Luther King head coach George Ward. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Good to see you guys, Lauren, and my man, TJ. Uh, It's good to be on, and thanks for having me. Eight years now at Martin Luther King. You've coached at a variety of places in your history. We were talking a little bit uh, before we uh, started rolling, you know, your time at Southeastern. And uh, you've been elsewhere. You know, we've, uh, I remember, I believe it was, uh, was it Oak Park? You were at for for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. We were at Oak Park for two years. Uh, Detroit Central for two years. And prior to that, uh, Detroit Charlotte Fortin Academy, as TJ definitely remembers. And uh, I was there for about five years uh, over there. So we, we've been at it for a long time. And, and thankfully, I haven't had to have a, a gap year. So right. uh, every year I've been coaching for the past 20 plus years. So God willing, is it your plan to stay at King for the rest of your days if possible? Well, I, I can't say that. Um, But what I do know is I'm in a comfortable place right now. Um, I truly love the families, uh, the faculty at King High School. Uh, Obviously, I love the young people. Uh, But at some point, you know, it's always about evolution. So uh, I am 51 years old now. So Mm -hmm. who knows what the future may hold? But I will say this. uh, I am I can live comfortably right now. Um, You know, so whatever I want to eat at night, I can, as you probably can (laughs) see. So, um, you know, if, if something wonderful comes along, then I definitely will take that. But it'll be it'll take something very special to pry me away from King. Was there ever a time that you seriously thought about coaching college? Uh, you know what? That question has come up, Lauren, but I, I will tell you this. Um, you know, I don't know how much um, coaching really comes into play when you're thinking about, you know, leaving the high school level, unless you're going to be a head coach. So, you know, assistant coaches at the collegiate level now, they are more relied upon for recruiting purposes, I want to say. Yeah. Um, And and it's not my vision or a dream of mine to get on the airplane uh, four or five days out of the week in the spring and summer going to recruit young people. 
Um, yeah. I, you know, I really feel like I'm I'm doing a wonderful job here in the city, impacting young people's lives. So yes, that's sir. really more important to me. So, and obviously I know money, uh, it's a wonderful thing. As far as being an assistant coach, you know, your pay grade goes up a little bit, but uh, right now I'm happy. But if the right situation comes along and I can I can call my own timeouts and make my own substitutions, right. I definitely would look at it. And it doesn't matter what level. I don't have to be on TV or any of that. My ego is not involved in it like that. But if I get a great opportunity to call some timeouts and make my own substitutions, then I may be willing to do so. Understood. Understood. All right. Before I bring TJ in here, uh, your Crusaders now 18-1. and one. And for anyone yeah. who saw the game on Monday night, clearly uh, Western was outmatched on that particular evening. Your thoughts on winning a PSL title with this group of guys, what it truly means to everyone, for the rest of the players, uh, you know, for the rest of their lives, you know, having that that moniker of PSL champion, uh, let alone back-to-back for guys like Chauncey and the crew, uh, it means everything, right? Yeah, it means everything, uh, and, and as you alluded to, you know, Western on that night, um, they were outmatched a little bit. I think our experience helped us as well. So uh, kudos to them and their coaching staff for doing a great job just to get there. Uh, right. But yeah, it, it meant the world to me, uh, more importantly because of the the smiles and the laughs that I got to see my young men have and their families. Uh, you know, and being, going back to back, I, I knew that this was a special group. And, and I've got to say, you know, we've been in the Final Four um, probably every year with the exception of my first year at King. And, and you know, as you can remember at Southeastern, we were pretty much in the thick of it all the time. So mm-hmm. um, it, it gave us an opportunity to kind of say that we were, we're one of the best programs in the state of Michigan, I think. That's what it states. And it says that regardless of graduation uh, and anything else, our program is always going to kind of be in the mix of everything. So uh, what a wonderful job by our young people. And, you know, to lose four starters as we did last year and to come back and, again, be probably one of the top two or three teams in the state, if not one of the, if not the best team, you know, that's obviously an opinion. But uh, it says a lot about the young men and their willingness to work every single day. So I think the championship just says, Pretty much every Tuesday and Friday, our young men answered the bell in a major way. Yeah. TJ. I'll tell you what, uh, you're probably undefeated if uh, Matt Coffey is uh, yep. a- available in early December uh, versus University of Detroit Jesuit. Um, but, you know, since then, when you're on a 17 and un- 17-0 run, um, which is, you know, just as long as any other streak um, that that's out there right now. And, you know, and, and I think your guys are ready. And especially, you know, sometimes when those bright lights come on, uh, whether it be at Callahan Hall or whether it be at the arena, you know, uh, as long as you've been there, your guys have been there, there's a there's a sense of calm. Um, I want to talk about yes. one of the calmest players. And I had to, and I had the chance to talk to Chauncey <laughs> after the game. And I and I was like, I was like, man, you're not even sweating. You know, usually, you know, the other guys, I got my coat on and stuff like that. You know, I don't walk around with sweat marks on my on, on whatever coat I might have and stuff like that. But Chauncey, you know, I'd go give him a hug and all that stuff. You know, is this before the game or is this after the game? But one thing that Chauncey brings um, to the table, and especially I think that it's so important as a point guard, is is being that, you know, that cool guy. When everybody else is losing their heads, he's keeping his. Um, and, I, and I think that that's one of the things just talking about poise 
Um, you know, and I talked to the college coaches and other college coaches that were there uh, this past Monday. You know, and I'm telling them, I'm like, I'm like, so you're going to tell me that you're in the, the conference championship and it's a tie game and the guy with the ball isn't sweating? You know, I was like, you sure, that's something that that's something that whoever's doing the the broadcast that they're going to talk about that, you know, right. and they're going to say, wow, this guy's cool as a cucumber. You know, if I could use a, what, a, a 20th century reference, yes. you know, but uh, yeah, uh, hats off to you. And, and, and especially what you've done done with Matt Coffey in the last six, seven months, because. I was looking at him like, hey, man, this is going to be another Alaric Jackson. Go play football. You like to eat. You know, you look like uh, three yards and you're going to fall down and then you get to wait, you know, 15, 20 seconds, get up and do it again rather than going back and forth those 94 feet. And uh, I know that we've talked, uh, you know, prior to the season, you know, and you mentioned that, you know, he lost 30 pounds over the course of four months. And I'm sure that he's trimmed down a little bit more since then. Yes. Well, you you, you look at you look at. Matthew, I'm gonna address that first. Um, Matthew was a neighborhood kid, and you know, obviously they moved and, and went to Mount Clemens. Uh, it, it really it devastated me, uh, and and you know, I, I don't I saw him a few times in middle school because their middle school games were played at King, um, and Lynn Weichel, uh, who's one of the best slot receivers in the state, uh, played middle school basketball with him, and you know, Matthew when he left, I kind of it kind of shook me up, but w- when he came back. Yes, he, he wasn't in the proper condition, but not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. And uh, it is just cool. It is just credit to him and his family that he really bought in. And I, and I tell you, young people can't buy in if the parents don't buy in. And that's the one thing that people don't like to look at. But, you know, because if the, the parents are giving a wrong message or a different message at home, it forces the young people to have to make a decision between the coach and the parent. And obviously the coach isn't going to win. So uh, this young man, is a, he's a naturally talented young man who's got a wonderful soft touch and not just around the basket. So we had to really work on his footwork. We had to work on his conditioning, but we had to really work on his understanding of making sure he knew how to play hard on every play and what was expected of him on a daily basis. And when I say the young man is, I will tell you this, he's one of the greatest teammates that I've ever seen. Yeah, and Coach, if, if I can jump I in yep. just, just real quick on Matthew, because I remember talking to you after the second game, the game against Catholic Central, that was his first, uh, and you you were like, you know, the, the guys just don't even know how to play with him right now. Uh, you yes. Know, they, they, you know, they, they don't know what they have in, in Matt Coffey, and uh, clearly now <laughs> there is an understanding of what they have because – I haven't seen a kind of point guard, big man symmetry as you really saw with Willis and Coffee Monday night. Wow, that's amazing. Um, you know, as I tell them all the time, as special as Chauncey is, and, and Chauncey, in, in my opinion, he's the best player in the state of Michigan. And when you think about this, when he accepts the fact that Matthew is really special, it forces everyone else to do so as well. So here we are. Chauncey is about 6'2", 6'2 and a half, 185, 185 pounds with an IQ off the charts. But you can find you can find a Chauncey Willis from a size perspective or a guard perspective. You can't find Matthew Coffey a, a lot. Every team has a 6'1", to 6'3", 6'4", guard. Every team in the state of Michigan almost. Everybody doesn't have a 6'8", 255-pound monster mm-hmm. at the bottom of this thing. 
So the one thing that I wanted to make sure that our players understood is like, hey, we understand Chauncey's going to get a bulk of the shots. He's going to get a bulk of the shine. But I tell you what, if you don't utilize this big fella here, we're crazy and I'm stupid. And they bought in, and for for me, our players want to win. Our players want to win. And at the end of the day, that's what sustains a program. That's what gives you sustained excellence. Do you want to win, or are your individual accolades more important than the team's success? So Chauncey finds Matthew. And, and of course, there's going to be times where we always could say, man, you could have thrown it inside. I mean, that's almost on every play. But we give them flexibility and the freedom to kind of play how they need to. But we also understand that ball's got to go inside. So that's a great point, Lauren. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you've got the younger coffee now getting some minutes and uh, and and making contributions. There were a couple times I was filming, and I was like, oh, that's not Matthew out there. I tell you what, he will be a monster. Now, you, you heard it here first. He will be a monster. He is more He's more athletic than his brother. He doesn't have as great a feel, but his motor is unbelievable. You got to put the brakes on him an awful lot. And going against his brother every day in practice, it has allowed him to learn some things defensively and from a toughness standpoint that he didn't realize he had. So uh, watch out for Jonathan Coffey next year. He's going to be a son of a gun. And believe me, we may be doing an episode next year around this time because okay. we're going to be very, very good again. Yeah, right on. I always look at Biggs, you know, the light goes on, uh, you know, at, often at a different at different times because – I think that one thing what you're talking about as far as, yeah, you could feed the – why aren't you feeding the post? And you could do that in every game. Uh, yeah. Guards don't – bigs just – bigs evolve later, you know. So yes. it, when they're growing up, they don't have um, – they a lot, I think a lot of guards don't know how to make entry passes because they don't have confidence in the bigs who are far, you know, when they're 12 and 13 years old, you know, I mean, they're getting pushed into puddles and getting made fun of, gump and all, whatever else you want to call that's, them. And that's, those are, that's the coach's fault, though. The, the guys that are coaching those big guys, I don't care. If I've got a six-foot-two, six-foot-three-inch, seventh or eighth grader, if he's got to play in the post, and again, you should do a lot of drill work with them so they can play yeah. in the guard position if they can. But I don't care what you tell me. If you can throw this thing inside and teach these young guys how to play and get them prepared, that is going to help them. So most times we get bigs. That's why we're one of the few teams that throw the ball inside. Obviously, Catholic Central does it. Uh, you know, Brother Rice does it at times with the big fella that they have. But for the most part, you don't see the ball getting thrown inside an awful lot. But as you know, if I've got somebody that can play with their back to the basket, I don't care if he's 5'11 or 6'11, he's going to touch the ball. Right. I know that, you know, obviously we work together with the Michigan Elite 25. I'm glad I talked to Tim, you know, talked to you guys and stuff like that. I'm glad that we're going to be back. Um, but I think that, you know, even when we're working, because we work a lot of one-on-one -on -one with the players in, in groups yes. and stuff like that. And I think that, you know, one of the one of the questions that I always like to poise to the kids is, would you rather have an open shot or a contested shot? And if you feed the ball into the post, like yes. Parks, he's going to get a wide open three. There's so many times Absolutely. where why would you why would you want to make things more difficult when you can hey you feed it down to coffee hey they're going to have to double team or or coffee's going to get his two points you know we were talking about the big kid Jalen Overway in the in the show earlier who's very um, the brothers from another mother 
um, you know, just yep. over in, uh, at Holland Christian. And I'm talking yep. with his dad, and he's like, yeah, we get double teamed, and we get, you know, my son gets double teamed and triple teamed. You know, they just don't have the guards that they can really make those shots um, that, yeah. you know, that you have with King. And I think that once kids really understand how to play the game of basketball and what works, then it just makes the game that much easier for everybody else. And it makes it fun because you're winning. And, shoot, who doesn't want to be that big? You know, I look at Trey Williams over at Purdue. You know, this guy, is a, as, a, as far as passing, you can run the offense through him. And, I mean, it, it's, and it's fun if, if Coffey, and I'm not saying that any, any players that you would coach would ever do this, but throw a no-look pass and stuff like that for an easy assist yeah. or, or something like that. But it just makes the game more fun and, you know, enjoyable for a lot of the bigs because they don't get touches or, you know, they're, they're not involved in the game. And I even look at it, you know, if the big man just got a block on this end or, he just, or he's playing real well, and then you see a guard, and it's a you know, and they're on a, on the on the breakaway, and you don't pass the ball off to him on the fast break for a layup and reward him for his efforts. Then what do you really have him out there for? You know, yeah. because at the end of the day, hey, keep it simple, and keeping it simple usually uh, results in uh, long seasons and uh, hopefully a trip to the Breslin Center and a championship for you. I, I, I pray, I pray that it does, but. Ultimately, as you alluded to earlier, TJ, um, I think Chauncey is is he's the type of young man who he'll will he'll will you to win even on a bad night. Um, and we haven't had a lot of bad nights, obviously, but his his calm, as you say, he relaxes everybody, and and he'll he, he'll let guys know, you know, as I'm coaching them, he reminds them, hey man, that's his job. Let coach coach you. Let the coaches coach you. We'll be fine. Do your job. Do your job. And it's something he's been saying for a long time. But you look at Terrace Brown Jr., you look at Lamont Parks Jr., each of those guys will be playing college football next year. And Lauren, as you and I talked about before, that kind of winning mentality, uh, to be able yeah. to to be able to start summer football mm-hmm. in in 90-degree weather and have two a days and then go through the fall and go through the winter and, and have your semifinal game. Uh, in, in, in sub-zero weather sometimes in 17 or 15-degree weather, to have that kind of mental toughness and bring it to the basketball floor has been a tremendous asset uh, to our program. And, and I think more people should utilize their football guys. And I, I promise you, I, I wouldn't have wanted to go through this season without these young men and their mental stability and their mental strength. No doubt this could definitely be the year of the king. We could have Mr. Football Dante Moore and Mr. Basketball Chauncey Willis Jr. Uh, all in the same seat, all in the same calendar year, which would be impressive. Now, but but isn't that isn't that kind of crazy, Lauren? You know, it, it hasn't been done before. And, you know, the more and more I thought about it, Chauncey and I, you know, he's as close to me as, as you would expect a player and a coach to be. We spoke one day and I said, do you realize – you are embarking on a senior season or an individual school year that no high school player can ever say he's had, ever. In the city of Detroit's history, nobody has won a state championship in football and basketball at the highest level, played on the number one team in each sport, and has been as contributing uh, part of each program. And you're looking at it like you said, to win a state championship in football, city championship in football, and to have an opportunity to do the same thing in basketball and have Mr. Football and Mr. Basketball all in the same year, 
obviously it's unprecedented, and I don't know if it would ever occur again yeah. unless we do it at King High School. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. All right. One thing we talked about on the show, and I want to get your opinion. TJ, talk, and I'm, you've probably maybe even discussed it before, but the, the facility you'd like to see built, because we've been talking about the musical chairs a little bit with the uh, you know city championship game. Callahan Hall wasn't available, so we're at the arena, so people got to make a mm-hmm. long drive. Sometimes it's got to be played elsewhere because of unavailability for you know particular uh, locations. And so, um, TJ. So... Uh, I had an opportunity as I'm looking around and, and, and stuff like that, you know, I'll go over to, you know, watch the G league team at, uh, you know, at, at Wayne state's facility. Um, you know, then, you know, we've got to go all the way to the arena, you know, half an hour North of the city, 45 minutes to North of the city, depending on where you are. Right. And I really think, and then I'll, then I'll read the newspaper and I see that, you know, Detroit public schools, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of new funding. Um, which we, which you know, Detroit public schools are are in dire need of, um, okay. and so I'm trying to think of like, you know, and and we and the beautiful thing is you travel a lot. You you know you're involved you know with uh, Michigan Playmakers and the grassroots seasons and stuff like that. So you go to and see a lot of the other facilities you know that some of these other Absolutely. cities have. I think that Detroit would be great, uh, and I'm talking about in the city um, to have a facility. Um, which could, uh, you know, bring hey, pull back the chairs, you know, where you can make where you can have three or four courts, but then you can bring the chairs back out and you can have a 4000 seat facility, which would be owned by the Detroit public schools. And what I'm saying is you know, bring in the Boys and Girls Club, make sure that, it, it, that it's busy, but kind of have like a, a, a big rec center that would be available for up and coming athletes, you know, have a, a an academic piece where, Hey, you know what, hey, you've got to do an hour of, of, of study work every single day. If you want to participate in this and just kind of make it a, a big community center. And I know that when you were growing up and you know, you go into Cooley and back in the eighties and stuff like that, you know, there were community centers that were all over the place. And I think that, you know, that that was one of the things which made Detroit, such a um, a large hub for athletes to come out of. You know, you can, I mean, it's great talking with, with guys that are my age, your age, older and stuff like that, and they bring out names and they'll say, hey, this guy went and played Major League Baseball, this guy played for the NBA, you know, this guy played in the NFL and all that other stuff. And obviously we've had a little bit of a population that's, that's wound up leaving, but I think that that's one of the things which would, would kind of build back Detroit um, where we were because I know that it's it's in us, and you know, and I kind of even look at it like, hey, you can have a you know involve the community where you know they can be have memberships and stuff like that. You know, you got your weight rooms, and you know, just to have a, a, a big facility. But the more important thing is that it's owned by the Detroit Public Schools, so that every single year you don't have to rent out Callahan Hall, you don't have to rent out the arena. Uh, you know, and it just to me it just makes sense long term. And I'm saying that you could have it very um, local. And, and just have it centrally, yeah, they're, centrally, they're centrally, centrally located. Centrally located. Have, it, have it near um, Wayne State. You know, there's plenty well, of, there's plenty I, of I room just, right there in the zone. I, I just think, I just think ultimately, uh, TJ, you're looking at, um, we have to become more invested in our young people. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, as we travel all over the world, yes, we have arenas and, and things of that nature that, that the locals can use. I think when this, when this situation came about, because we have, we have venues in which we could use. And I don't know what was going on at Wayne State University, 
Monday, Sunday, Saturday, and Friday, where none of those days couldn't have been used uh, for our championship game or even our final fours. So it has to just become uh, an investment. It has to be something that we are truly, truly obligated to do for our young people. And yes, something needs to be built. Um, and obviously, you know, the powers that be, something needs to come up and, and we need to, to, to really build something that the city can utilize for itself, for its own. So we don't always have to reach out and try to figure out something at the last minute to do. Uh, as unfortunate as it was, it was really a beautiful venue. If that was going to, if that was going to be, um, you know, our last resort, uh, I thank the people from Oakland University definitely. But again, I just say the people at Wayne State, somebody knew of something and they heard that we needed uh, a place to play and they didn't capitalize on it and shame on them. But uh, you're right. We need to build something. But I thank God for the people at Oakland because it was a beautiful evening. Yeah, it was. It was a wonderful yeah. yeah, the new Kobo Arena. That would be something else, right? Hey, right, right, yeah. right. Whoever, whoever, I don't, I don't know, I don't know why Willis. they didn't. I didn't know why they didn't make. Uh, you know, it was whispers that they were going to kind of uh, renovate the the, the the arena area. You know, you yeah. heard things of that nature, and you know, whatever fell through, whatever happened, I don't know. But uh, you know, even even something on the Joe Lewis side, if they had done something yeah. over there, but you know, hopefully yeah. something can be done. Uh, for the sake of our young people, because yes. you want that championship feel. You want to be able to say, I played at Cobo, I played at Callahan. Right. You know, my junior year when we played at Cobo Hall, you know, that week after we won the semis, I answered the phone, Cobo. I didn't say hello, I said Cobo. So yeah. it, it, it was that special to me. Yeah. And I know what it would mean to the young people of today if they had an opportunity like that. All right, we're talking with King Head Coach George Ward. I really appreciate your time. I know we've gone a little longer than uh, I normally had suggested, but this is the way these conversations go. I appreciate it. I just have a few more for you. Uh, That's and good. This, this one I teased on the show because uh, I, I believe I know both of you, you have strong opinions on it, and it's, it's new. So it looks like the transfer portal has really changed the game. Uh, TJ's segment on the video version of Hangtime was all about the unsigned seniors that we have right now, and it's quite unusual, the, the, the talented group that we have that are unsigned. I mean, right. college coaches can now just pluck who they need out of the portal to fill a need. They've got a, a college-ready guy uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, wherever they need. But this is affecting high school recruiting. I mean, do you see it that way? Well, it's affecting high school recruiting in, in the major way, but – you know, the irony of this is um, it is it has forced our college coaches to become lazy. Now, I, you know, I I don't even know any other way to put it. I don't know if there's a politically correct way of saying it. But, right. um, you know, you look at some of my players, for instance, uh, you know, you, you look at Chauncey LeRon Willis Jr., just, I mean, point blank. I, I, I look at college games. I, I come down here in my basement and I watch the games and I – my screen is large enough where I can see if a guy really can play. And I'm looking at some of the players that have been plucked out of the portal. And I'm thinking to myself, I know my kid is better than him today. Now, you know, and we've sent video. I've reached out and I have personal relationships with a lot of these coaches. And I'll say to them, hey, man, you need to come get this kid. And for whatever reason, they're listening to the prognosticator. So, it, once someone else says that, well, okay, this kid can play, and now the college coaches started to come around. But I just think for me, if I think the girl is pretty, 
I don't need TJ to tell me that she's pretty for me to like her. So these guys have got to get back to using their eyes and trusting their eyes and understanding that, you know what, when a kid can play, he can play and become more diligent in getting out to games and making sure that they're watching these young people. Because I can tell you this, and I looked at all of the, you know, all of our uh, institutions around here. I can't tell you I've seen a guard better than my kid on their roster, and he's still in high school. So I don't know if that bothers anyone, and I don't care. But Wendell Green Jr., I asked, I told some guys, I said, hey, man, you, somebody needs to get Wendell. And everybody gave me every excuse in the world why they shouldn't get him. Now, I'll tell you this. If, if two of our teams that are in the Big Ten here in the state of Michigan if they had Wendell Green, they're top 10 in the country. Now, that's just factual information. So, if and if Auburn didn't have him, they wouldn't be in the top 10 because I've looked at them enough to tell you that's true. So, we've got to get back and, and, and understand. You know, Benny White and I were talking the other day, my big brother, the head coach of Birmingham Groves, uh, Michigan State University, just a legend in the state. Mm -hmm. And the statement to him was, hey, look, man, we got to get out and make sure that you see these players. And unfortunately, they're not seeing them enough. And uh, I think it's, it's hurtful for our young people because the so-called experts who these college coaches are relying on, they're relying on publications. They're relying on other people. And then when I call them and tell them they should take a kid, if you don't listen to me, how are you listening to someone else? And I know I'm really an expert because I work with these young people every day. So it, it, it's difficult to watch. Um, and it's difficult to watch uh, some of our college programs not do as well as they could because I know if they really hit the pavement, some of these guys would really clean up with our talent that's around this area. Yeah, it's all about turning over some stones and seeing, you know, and, and seeing what's there. And, and, you know, you talk about Chauncey. I don't think it's any kind of crazy leap of faith, you know, to go out there and say, if, you know, it, hey, we need we, – this kid can help us win. To me, it's kind of like a no-brainer. I know that, you know, it's frustrating to you. It's frustrating to me. Um, you know, I could tell a coach about, you know, a kid in, in August or September, you know, and then not hear then not hear from this coach. And then he's going to call me in February and he's going to say, hey, how's that kid playing? And I'm just yeah, like, that, oh, I'm like, well, yo, I was you like, you, you read it. You re I hope you're reading my stuff. You know, and the other thing is what I always try to do is I try to send out as much information, contact information on about with the players for example uh obviously i've seen chauncey probably way more than the than the average than the average scout or whoever but i will yeah. say here's george ward's number i've seen the kid play three times george ward sees him twice that amount in one week so who do you think really has a better idea of who the kid is as a person who he is as as far as work ethic, and you know sometimes you, I get you know I, hey, I see a kid you know and he might hit four or five threes in one game. Am I going to go out there and say he's a lights out shooter? Yeah, he had a no. he was lights out that game. But I can that say hey, give give Coach Ward a call and he's going to tell you how much. Hey, yeah, this kid put up twenty thousand well, shots over the summer. Well, TJ, you know? ultimately, as Lauren as Lauren stated, you know the portal allows you to kind of just reach in and say hey. Let me get a let me get a young man. And as we're looking at it, the portal, when you look at all the young people that have transferred or been in the transfer portal, not the success rate is not high. That's all I'm gonna say about that. The success rate isn't high, but still we get to sit back and kind of wait on the portal again and say, I want an older guy 
and uh, somebody that's already ready for college and that hasn't worked out. Now, hopefully, hopefully some, uh, some will change soon and hopefully it changed the rule a little bit. Well, I think the chemistry goes in a, a long way with what you're talking about. If I'm a, yep. a 23-year-old senior and all of a sudden I'm joining this team, and well, I'm, I'm accustomed to certain things, you know? And so all of a sudden I'm- And you got an ulterior motive. And, 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 and he's got an right. ulterior motive. He's coming there thinking, I'm trying to go get a check. Yes, so. yes. And, yeah. and it takes away from the team, yeah. which you need to have the team to actually get where you're trying to go, and uh, whether that be a Final Four championship yeah. or wherever you're going. But one thing that I'd like to really bring up, and I think that it'll be benefit that it benefits all teams that we want that that wind up winning and going and having deep runs in the finals. And we talked about it on the on the on the 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 video show was that when you start winning in college, coaches they're there you know, in the semifinals and the quarterfinals or the finals of that season, because pretty much there's nothing else going on in any other states. All the other states are yeah. done. And so when college yeah. coaches, they really get to get out there. And you coached Eric Williams, who we talked about. Yes. Uh, during, the spring, during the spring and summer. But mm-hmm. it was New Haven's success as a team that wound up have bringing success for him, you know, as far as, you know, it took his recruitment from Division Two to all of a sudden is like, hey, man, I'm going to yes. Akron. Hold up, I'm going to Duquesne, you know, and then a couple yeah. of years later, you know, hey, I'm going to Oregon. So just to, to start going to the pinnacle of, of, of success, a lot of it starts with winning. And, you know, hats off to you and what you've done. And, uh, you know, as, as you guys win, I believe that, um, you know, coffee's recruitment is going to go that much higher as well as Chauncey yep. as they should. Yeah. Yep. Yep. As yep. others. All right. Two more real quick. Uh, BCAM mm-hmm. uh, this year has introduced, officially launched the One Team Campaign. Uh, it's an effort to promote unity you know, among the teams and schools and communities. What are your thoughts uh, on this endeavor as it's played out? Well, you know what? Just the term itself, um, you know, this unity, you know, you, you're talking about sportsmanship. Um, and, and understanding after 32 minutes, we're kind of all in this thing together. And I, I think that's something that I take, I take dearly. And we've talked about it at BCAB, uh, for a couple of years now, and I'm glad that it's been kicked off. Um, I just think BCAM now was really taking some initiative to kind of push the envelope a little bit to really, uh, propose sportsmanship, uh, respect and values for the game um that obviously people talk about but we need to stress it now especially in this day and time because we see what's going on you know you've seen young people arguing fighting at games etc etc you know certain situations that we've seen at the collegiate level so i think what bcam is trying to do is really really what we're trying to do at bcam and say look this is what's important and this is how you need to conduct yourself this is what what sports needs to look like, especially at the amateur level. And I, I just say kudos to Dan Young and all of the board of directors and all the members of BCAM because uh, this isn't the only initiative, the only thing that they're kind of pushing. But right now, I think it's at the forefront because it's definitely needed. When you start talking about unity, you're talking about love and respect for one another. And I think the programs, the conferences, and these cities really need it, especially right now. Yeah. All right. One final question, uh, George. And we've been doing this poll all season long, uh, mostly for, but we have had some uh, vociferous arguments against, and that is the shot clock. Your thoughts on the implementation of the shot clock in Michigan high school basketball? Who 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 would be against the shot clock? Oh, I just I don't I, I just I don't understand why right. I. I 
I've, I've been begging for it. So the the arguments against, I think, mainly is uh, manpower for manpower. Like for some of these schools, you know, trying it's another person that they have to have there uh, that is running the clock. Uh, he says, and in. in past you know situations where you've it comes down to a, a situation and there was a shot clock issue did it hit the rim or not and then they're, they're, that's more of a delay what, what are your thoughts and everybody can have uh, their thought, own thoughts my my thought is the training for operating the shot clock is as simple as it could be um and if there's any issue whatsoever a great portion of our officials at the high school level officiate college games as well so i think they're on top of it but i think it really would allow for uh, a little bit more excitement for our young people and again it's about preparation you're talking about preparation if you're going to go play at the next level at the collegiate level there's a shot clock and i think that's something that our young people could benefit from i think the style of play would actually i you know what i don't know if there's a lot of teams that take 30 or 35 seconds to get a shot up anyway, especially around my area. But I think what it does, it really makes you more precise in your offense. It really makes you say, okay, you can defend. You really reward a team for defending for 30, 35 seconds, as opposed to saying, I got to defend for 60 long seconds before a team gets a shot up. Yeah, so yeah. I just think it's, a, it's definitely necessary and we're, we're, we're long overdue, and the shot clock needs to get here and get here quick. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Coach Ward, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And, uh, of course, best of luck. Uh, you'll have, uh, you know, Operation Friendship coming up. You'll be taking on the Catholic Champ. Great preparation for districts, and you'll be in another tough district that uh, if you can climb your way out of, uh, certainly uh, uh, light at the end of the tunnel will certainly be a, a little brighter. I, I appreciate it. And yes, you're looking at a district that includes uh, River Rouge. Uh, those guys are on Grand River and Detroit Western. So, <laughs> yes, um, you know, obviously it, it doesn't get any easier. So we're going to celebrate for another day. And then we're going to definitely start to get after it in preparation for what we believe can be a long run into March and uh, see if we can come up with something that's never been done at King High School. Yeah. And for the boys, there's never been a team at King High School to even play for the state championship. And that was something that we were able to do at Southeastern as well, even though we lost two. Um, we've never had that opportunity to play on that last Saturday. So I'm looking forward to getting that done if we can over at King, and uh, it'll be fun. Okay. Thank you, Coach. Hey, man, thank you guys, man. All right, Coach Ward. Talk to you. Yep. All right. Hey, TJ, don't talk Lauren to death, man. Go on, let him, let him go. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, I know. All right. Thanks, Coach. All right, my man. We'll see you. All right, man. Pre hey, appreciate okay. you. All right. Once again, thanks for – there's just nobody like him, Coach Ward. You know, he is a, a, a treasure, you know, here. Maybe it should be the George Ward Arena. That gets right. constructed in Detroit. He's know? got a, he's got a couple of state championships with Cooley, and yeah. uh, you know he's one of those. He's a coach that you know he's been there. He's done that, and I know that sometimes you know when you're talking with when you're talking with kids and young men and young women and stuff yeah. like that, that you know they want to figure things out for themselves. 
Yeah. And my thing is, in such a microwave society, hey, you can just go ask him and he'll tell you, yeah. you know, rather than finding out the hard way. And I think that, you know, what Coach, Coach Ward is doing and, you know, just the the, the development of, of his players, whether they go play sports or not, yeah. you know, for the vast majority of them, you know, when I when I see them, you know, and now they're in their early 30s yeah. and mid-30s game, and stuff you know, like yeah. that. Yeah. And I see them at games and stuff like that. They're 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 doing well for themselves. Yeah. And Giving them a hard families. time, of course. Yeah, and yeah, I, I always, always got to give them a hard yeah. time. Time and you know, and I think that that's one of the beautiful things about watching, you know, just being involved in high yeah. school sports and that's watching kids, people. kids growing up. And yeah. sometimes they they wind up on the sidelines, and yeah. Yeah. you're gonna say, "Hey, remember that time when yeah. you know?" And they're like, "Oh man, I'm glad there wasn't video back then, <laughs> yeah, or whatever, yeah, right. but, yeah, exactly. or there wasn't social media." But yeah, yeah right. it, 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 it's 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 fun to see uh, guys like you know, of course, Ward, uh, you know, really be uh, you know a catalyst to you know helping these young men. Grow and he up. said King has not won a state title. They have not won a state title wow. in basketball. I'm not sure. Isn't that wild when you? Think think about it yeah, yeah all these years you know right. uh granted you know uh, try and you know again they have to go through the gauntlet district regionals you know every every single year but you would have thought right you know there well, would have been one team i mean if you look at well king i think is king has long been known as a football school sure, absolutely. um you know and so when they get to you know get the ball rolling and you know they but the other thing is they're they're with with Detroit Kettering closing with some of the other schools that are closing. Now you're starting to draw in kids, you know, yeah. from those neighborhoods. Right. And, you know, over yes. the years, you know, you get, you're going to get a few more basketball guys. It was a little more diluted, yes. the talent wise, because yep. you had all these schools and all these programs, the Murray Wrights, the Redfords. Yeah, but those know. teams wind up going yeah. and winning, you know, to yeah. the Final Fours. Or, yeah. You know, so I think that now you're starting to find guys that also have, you know, a lot of talent in football and a lot of talent in basketball. Yeah. Uh, you know, just instead of being, you know, uh, uh, you know, just elite in one sport, you know, because nobody gets, you know, nobody says Detroit Pershing and yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, football. Right. You know, right. they're going to no, say man. Larry Foote before they say football. Right. You know, yes. So, exactly. But, yeah. And Derek Nix. And Derek, and the big fella, Derek Nix. That's right. That's right. Mr. Basketball. Yep. Yep. Sometimes you got to flop not to pick up the foul. There you go. All right. We're going to get into some rankings talk here. Before we do, I just want to mention you guys hey, the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female Athlete of the Year Awards, the deadline to apply is March. Fourth, That is coming up. That is a week from today. So what you need to do is if you are a athlete, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a an interesting, you know, uh, qualification. Uh, so it's not for everyone. But if you are for, if you've been a first team all state athlete or you're projected to be one, say, this winter or even in the spring uh, in your sport uh, and you've got at least a three point GPA overall. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're a leader on your team, you've done some community service, something like that. We're looking for a well-rounded individual, and we're going to celebrate you. Six male, six female nominees get nominated every single year. Uh, Cassius Winston was one. Foster Lawyer was one. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, make sure that you go to DACAthleteoftheyear.com, download the application, and get it in before March 4th. Because if you don't, we cannot nominate you unless you apply. They've got a great 22-man team, uh, men and women, uh, at the DAC uh, Foundation who uh, selects the the athletes. They do a great vetting process. We have a wonderful awards event uh, that's going to take uh, place on Monday, June 6th at the DAC. You know, maybe the Tigers will be going on that day. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful downtown. It feels like a red carpet gala. Everyone's dressed to the nines, and we just celebrate uh, your senior season and your career in general. You know, Aiden Hutchinson won the award. Uh, you know, a few years back. Yeah, it's, so, it's great to have a, a a long list of, you know, players that, you know, kids should aspire to be like. Well, you know? exactly. And, again, uh, you worked hard. 
you know, you've had four years of high school and uh, you've done great things. We want to celebrate it. Right, right. So get your nominations in. I hear you. All right. DACAthleteoftheyear.com. And we also thank our newest supporter, the Goodman Acker Law Firm. During the most difficult times of your life, should you go through those, at Goodman Acker, you will work with the same attorney and team the entire length of your case. They're not going to shuffle you around. They're going to fight for you just like if you were part of their family. They're experienced. They're ethical. They're aggressive. So mention that you heard about Goodman Acker on State Champs, and they're just going to give you a free assessment of your case. So whatever that is, they'll take a look at it and tell you what they would do. So Goodman Acker is a good decision. Call 1-800-TRUSTED, uh, 1-800-TRUSTED, and we thank all of our partners. All right, TJ, your latest top 25 rankings are up now at statechampsnetwork.com. Williamston has been number one since almost day one, it feels like. Hey, they've, for uh, well, I want to say since the beginning of January, and they're well and they're well deserved. I mean, they're they are rolling teams right now. They are playing like a team on a mission. Um, they're not out there for uh, social media hype. They're not out there for yeah. for giggles. Nobody's talking about them, you really. Know, but I they tell you be. what, they should be talking about them because they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of guys with that have played together and they know who, you know, KYP, know your personnel. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that, you know, like like what Coach Ward was talking about, you know, these guys have bought in, you know, and they also know Tom Lewis has been the coach there for, you know, quite a while, and, you know, he knows all the kids. And so it's one of those things where, hey, one, one guy says, hey, where it's time to go work out, then everybody's going to go. Yeah. And, just, and one of the key components – of winning a state title or having success is just being on the same page. And I definitely believe the Hornets are there. Yeah. And we talked to East Lansing's coach. Ray uh, yeah. At, uh, on Monday at the PSL championship, when we yep. were talking about, you know, uh, he was saying, you know, Hey, you know, uh, like, you know, he feels that they're, you're really starting to, to come into their own, but he said, we needed a, a, a good, a, whooping. a good whooping yeah. uh, at the hands of Williamson to kind of get these kids. And, and, and again, that just shows you that, uh, you know, East Lansing, again, who can play with pretty much anybody, mm-hmm. uh, Williamson yeah. took care of business. And I, and I think that, that sometimes, you know, you know, kids need that little, you know, that zap. You know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, you, everybody's, you know, the kid, you know, you're 16 or 17 years old. You know, you can have a great week and all of a sudden you're feeling yourself mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But, you know, sometimes when reality comes along. Uh, you know, it, it makes you rethink things. And, you know, in talking with Coach Mitchell, he did bring up they had, we've had success since that whooping that they yeah, took over, right. you know, at, at Williamston. And, uh, you know, it, and I think that East Lansing is one of those, you know, mid-Michigan teams. Uh, and to be honest, they could they they have the they have the tools, kind of like what I was saying, uh, you know, in the Detroit about the DPS semifinals. They can play with anybody. And, you know, and, and March, as we know, is full of surprises. Yes. And so if East Lansing doesn't have that far to travel uh, in yeah. late March, right. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Well, there you go. Any other uh, news of notes in your top 25 state rankings? Well, a little bit of jumbling around with, uh, you know, the Catholic League teams. I think that if there's been any more movement that I've had to do, you know, every single yeah. every single week, you know, it's out there, you know, and I might as well have a, you know, a five-sided dice or something like that where right. I'm just rolling out there like Yahtzee. Uh, but, yeah, um, you know, they're playing really well. I'm going to have uh, whoever wins the Catholic League title, they are going to be at the top of my rankings. Um, so if Catholic Central winds up beating University of Detroit Jesuit and winds up beating De La Salle, then they will be, you know, in that top five in the mix just because – and I don't think that people realize – 
or at least if you're not paying attention to how deep the, the Catholic League is. And we mentioned before the season that none of these teams are going to wind up going undefeated. And as we've seen, you know, the, you know everybody's got two losses or more um, yeah. in the Catholic League, which is great because of parity. But then, you know, as I look further down in my rankings, uh, you know, I'm looking Grand Blank playing very, very well. Uh, Muskegon just wound up beating Grand Blank. Grand Blank wound up taking the trip over there. Um, but then I'm looking at other teams that are popping in. Holland, Unity, Christian. Uh, Hudsonville. Or excuse me, Hudsonville, Unity, Christian. They just played Holland, Holland Christian. Christian yep. um, man, Division Two. you know, when we've talked about Williamston. Division Two And Grand Rapids Catholic Central, obviously. Grand Rapids Catholic Central. You've got Benton Harbor. Yeah. Uh, they're just, they're a Ferndale. You yeah. know, there's just so much te- so much talent in Division Two. It might as well be the Catholic League Central because, hey, they're, they will beat up on each other all day long. Mm-hmm. And just because you beat one team this game doesn't mean you can beat that team or you'll beat them again. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm really looking forward to Division Two. I think the Beecher at Division III um, is, is the favorite. Um, whether somebody comes along, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. I do like what you know Detroit Loyola has. Mm-hmm. You know, even though they just got popped by U- University of Detroit Jesuit. Yeah. Um, but I'm also really looking forward to um, you know Division Four, uh, where you've got Wyoming Tri Unity Christian. You've got some other teams uh, who are playing outstanding basketball. Obviously, all the teams uh, from uh, north of Mount Pleasant mm-hmm. um, who are who are playing well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to make for a great march. And I would tell you this, buy your tickets to the Breslin now because they are back this year. I know that last year they yeah. had to split split the, you know, they are at Calvin, yeah. Calvin College. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and, you know, so, you know, it'll be, it'll be, a, it'll be, it'll be a great out. week of basketball. And I would not be surprised if there are a lot of sellouts, yeah. um, you know, from Thursday, Friday and Saturday, yeah. just because, you know, People are happy to be back in yeah. the gym, and they're going to be happy to be, you know, and see a lot of talent that they haven't been able to see over the last couple of years. Absolutely, and there's going to be some great basketball that, that's played that weekend, both at the semifinals and the finals. So, yes, I suggest that you come. We will be there. I can't and, wait. And uh, we'll, we'll have some uh, exclusive uh, bonus material. We'll do some live stuff and uh, really get the feel of what's taking place uh, at the Breslin. All right, that's uh, – and just so you know, at the time of this recording, we did not know who was going to be playing in the Catholic League Championship, so yep. we record on Wednesday. So uh, this show airs on Friday, so we would know by then, so we could really talk about the matchup, but we can't. So, uh, But uh, we will have coverage of both Catholic League Championship games on State Champs, so make sure you check it out. So that's all the time we have for this week uh, on the podcast here. Please check out our Hangtime digital video, video show, which premieres every Friday. Uh, we go through the recaps of games during the week. TJ uh, talked about the Public School League Championship game, also talked uh, about the unsigned seniors, kind of went through a litany of, of those that are still on the board. Uh, and uh, we previewed a little bit for uh, what's coming up. So, uh, again, check it out. You can watch it on the website, statechampsnetwork.com, State Champs social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all there. It's on the YouTube page as well. We have a free streaming app, which you can download, and that's where you can catch the show. So follow TJ Kelly uh, on Twitter, at ScoopIPS. He's always in the know. I'm Lauren Plant, and we'll see you.